Direct from Montreal, Canada, this is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Uh, joining me on the phone from the band Lamb of God, it is guitarist Mark Morton. His new EP, Ether, is available now, and it's got a cover of the Black Crow's She Talks to Angels. That is so incredibly good. It just, it redefines what a good cover is, and it features Lizzie Hale from the band Hailstorm. Uh, Lamb of God, of course, will be very, very busy in 2020, according to Mark. New album, major tour, so do listen for that and keep your eyes peeled because the band coming to town is always, uh, always a high-energy show. And uh, speaking of high-energy... Uh, there are two albums that uh, came out in 2019 that I've spent the last couple of weeks listening to extensively that maybe, maybe, weren't on your radar, and if they weren't, they definitely should be. First of all, it is Another State of Grace by the Black Star Riders. Uh, the band, of course, went through some lineup changes, but this new album, the new lineup, man, there are some great... Great tracks on that. So if you haven't checked out Another State of Grace by the Black Star Riders, which features, of course, Scott Gorm of Thin Lizzy, do so. Uh, very much recommended. And uh, Damon Johnson, who was in the band, and then left the band, put out a solo album. Uh, so Damon Johnson has an album called Memoirs of an Uprising. Uh, came out, I guess, summer of uh, 2020. And uh, that is absolutely a, a great, fun rock record. So, you know, you have Damon that left the Black Star Riders. They both put out albums. And guess what? Both winners. And, of course, speaking of uh, winners, my pick for a Best Album of 2019. And when I say Best Album of 2019, I'm talking just for me. What, what piqued my ears and piqued my interest, because I'm not going to get into a debate of, oh, this, no, no, no. So what made me happy, it was the uh, Tigers of Pantang's uh, Ritual. So uh, check out those three albums and, of course, Mark Morton's Ether. And uh, without further ado, let's get right to it. Here is uh, the one, uh, the only, from Lamb of God, Mark Morton. We are speaking with uh, Lamb of God guitarist Mark Morton, the new... Album is Ether, an EP of acoustic tracks, uh, as we say in uh, Montreal. Uh, bonjour, Mark. Comment allez-vous? How are you? Doing well, Mitch. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Yes. So uh, we will at some point discuss how much I love Ether, but talk to me about putting together an acoustic album. Your your first album, Anesthetic, was very much pedal to the metal. And if you're a Lamb of God fan, you can go, yeah, I sort of see what he's doing there. But this one's a bit of a departure. Talk to me about sort of, I don't want to say softening them up because that sounds wrong, but, you know, taking it to the acoustic side. Yeah, so, I, I mean, anesthetic, as as you, you know, described, was definitely still on the heavy side of things. It was, uh, there was some, you know, more rock-oriented stuff than I would do in Lamb of God, but there was still some definitely metal influence on some of the tunes. Uh, but there were a couple spots, like in the in the song Axis with Mark Lanigan and Song Reveal with Naima Maddox, where it did get kind of mellow and more clean tones and a little more of a chill vibe. Um, and so I feel like Ether kind of builds off of that, and it was really, uh, I guess the catalyst for it was, A, you know, having gone that direction a little bit on anesthetic but also 
in the process of playing shows in support of Anesthetic, I had the opportunity to do a couple of acoustic showcases, one at the Sonic Temple Festival in Ohio and another at the Download Festival in the UK. And these were, you know, acoustic sets, you know, short sets, just a few songs each, a um, couple different singers coming in and, and working with me. And it went really well, and I really enjoyed the challenge and kind of the vibe of approaching the songs differently and, and stripping them down and kind of arranging them for an acoustic guitar. Um, I hadn't really done it. I had played acoustic pretty much ever since I've been playing guitar, um, but I hadn't really performed in that sense. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I like the challenge of kind of reworking the songs. And that's really what was, the, I guess, kind of the impetus for um for what became Ether. Yes, yeah, so our, so talk to me about the 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 vocalist here. You've got Mark Morales, of course, from Sons of Texas. Now, I, I'll be honest. Uh, as a rock reporter, I probably should know what Sons of Texas or who they are, but I hadn't. And I heard his voice, and this guy sings like a mother. You know, just fantastic. So I went and listened to the Sons of Texas stuff. Now I'm a fan. H- how did you sort of hook up with Mark and Lizzie and John? and Howard Jones and get them to sing on this? And how do you sort of decide which song goes to which voice? Is it, hey, Mark's in the business, well, I'll just do all I had to lose? Or do you sort of write with them in, in mind? How did that sort of come together? I mean, it's kind of a little different per song, but in terms of, you know, Mark had been working, some of the Texas did a couple of albums with um, my producer, Josh Wilbur. He had done their first couple projects. So, he was on Josh's radar and back when we were doing on anesthetic, cause Mark sings the song on anesthetic. He sings the song blur. Um, so when we were kind of assembling the cast of characters for that album, he, uh, Josh had suggested Mark and I, I knew they had worked together and I listened a little closer and realized how, you know, he's a great, great singer. Um, so we put him on blur and then Mark became the singer for my live touring band. Um, and he actually has the unbelievable ability of taking all the songs off of anesthetic the, the women included, and that wide range of voices from Chester Bennington to Mark Lanigan to um, to Alyssa White Glues to, you know, all, all across the board to Miles Kennedy. And he performs all those songs. So he's really an unbelievable talent. And, you know, like I said, he became my live touring singer. And so I knew I would include Mark to some degree. I, I wouldn't have not included him. Um, in terms of Howard, Howard and I have been friends Really, we've been playing shows together for almost 20 years now. I think I'm pretty sure we were still Burn the Priest when we first played with Howard and his band Blood Has Been Shed. If we were Lamb of God, it was early and after we had changed the name. Um, so Howard's an old friend, and I and he was on my list of people I would have liked to work with on Anesthetic. Just really didn't have the right song, the right pairing, and that's really been kind of the become part of my process for the solo stuff is really pairing the right song with the right singer. In some cases, it's writing for someone specifically in mind. In some cases, it's having a piece of music that fits the style of what I feel like someone's going to bring to the table. Miles um, Kennedy comes to mind, the song State of Defiance. He wrote his vocal and, his, and the lyrics and stuff for that. But the, the instrumental that I presented him was definitely for him, tailored, you know, with him in mind. So the process, you know, kind of changes. Howard, uh, I knew I wanted to work with Howard, and when I uh, started writing for Ether, knowing it was going to be an acoustic, um, acoustic-based project, I started sending him ideas right away. So he was kind of the first person I was writing with. Howard wrote his lyrics and his vocal, but I, we were kind of going through that process together. Um, I wrote All I Had to Lose. I wrote the lyrics for that, 
and Mark came in and, and just sang it beautifully. He really brought it to life with his amazing voice. Um, John Carbone, I had worked with his band Moontooth on their most recent album um, called Crux. It's been getting a lot of attention and Rolling Stone named it one of the best 50 albums of 2019. And they've just getting, been getting a lot of love on that album. And I was fortunate enough to be part of the production team for that project. So I had worked with Mark, I mean, with John pretty closely. So um, I wanted to include him and he had some great ideas for the song, um, for the song, the fight. Um, as far as Lizzie, uh, you know, I wanted to do, she talks to angels. I kind of knew I wanted to do that song because this was an acoustic based project and black crows are one of my favorite rock bands. And that's one of their acoustic based songs. Um, and it's such a great song, and I knew I wanted to do a version of it, but I thought having a woman sing it would kind of give it a different kind of energy and, and a different angle to change the protagonist from a man to a woman. Um, and I just think she sang the hell out of it. She did such a great job with that. I've you know, kind of been friendly with Lizzie for a few years now. We, Lamb of God and Hailstorm have played a lot of festivals together, and they've come over and watched us play. We'll come watch them play. So the camp's are friendly. So it wasn't too big a stretch for me to reach, reach out to Lizzie and she, see if she was interested. And I was uh, excited that she was interested. And the version, the version is absolutely phenomenal. I, I mean, I listened to it and I actually, I literally ran to my wife and said, you have to hear this. And uh, we, we just loved it. So uh, talk to me a little bit about now you, you are, of course, known as the lead guitarist of Lamb of God. Is there a point where, you know, you've done an aesthetic, now you've done the acoustic one. Do you see yourself stepping into sort of Joe Satriani or Steve Vai territory and doing a, a, a shred album or, or, or some kind of all guitar, just instrumental album? Does that interest you at all? It really doesn't. And that's no disrespect for the people that do those kind of things. Um, I have become less and less interested in chasing that sort of um, technical uh prowess and that you know just that unbelievably scientifically technically amazing approach to guitar that some of the guys you mentioned have um i've sort of i've never been that kind of player maybe at times i have aspired to that and i the more and more i go in my career the more and more i kind of um write songs and work on different projects i'm far more interested in songwriting um, you know, I happen to be a guitar player, so I write songs on guitar primarily. Um, but uh, to me, it's, and I think hopefully as evidenced by uh, the progression of Lamb of God's material and also um, the solo work that I've been releasing the last year or two, I'm really interested in the song. I'm much more, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just much more fulfilled by a really good song than I am um any kind of shreddy solo or or technical uh display and again that's uh, no disrespect to people that do that kind of thing um the world needs all of that too i'm just not that guy man well listen i agree with you the the, uh, the bumblebee attack stuff drives me crazy and again like you said no disrespect um talk to me then about what you know we we know about songwriting but what what makes a good guitar solo or a good guitar part for you you know the last conversation i had with leslie west he said to me mitch it's got to be singable if it's not singable it's not good 
Do you sort of see that in the same way that that a guitar solo has to be singable? I mean, I, I've heard that before, and, and I don't disagree. I don't know that it has to be. I think for me, um, my favorite guitar solos are usually ones that just kind of um, speak with some kind of emotion. They they incite or invoke some sort of emotional response. I'm, you know, I'm thinking about. You know, one of my favorite solos is Sometimes Salvation, Mark Ford's solo on the Black Crow song, Sometimes Salvation. And it's really like, it sounds like it's just about to fall apart at any minute, but it's it's really just drenched in this kind of like desperate sort of hanging on to for dear life kind of feel. That's what I get out of it. And I just think, you know, whatever mistake or, or weird gliss of the notes or imperfection might be in that solo. It's all part of the beauty of it because it makes you feel a certain way. Jimmy Page was the master of that. You know, he just never the most technically accomplished lead player by any stretch, but um, you could really feel the sadness and, and just the kind of, you know, at different points, different emotions, different kind of swagger in his solos. And to me, it's it's really about that kind of identity. I think if I aspire to anything at all as a lead guitar player, it's that I would have a, an identity whereby someone can hear a solo of mine and they can tell it's me. And not just maybe because I'm recycling the same six or eight licks, but because it's got like a certain swagger to it, a certain voice on the instrument. And, you know... I, I don't know if I've achieved that, but it's certainly something that I'm still kind of uh, reaching for, for sure. You know what? Let me take you up on that. You, you said that you're sort of recycling the same six or seven notes. Is that a problem of the metal genre that sometimes it's very limiting in what you can do? I, I mean, I know as a fan, when you when you listen and, and you know, Kiss or somebody like that or, or, or Metallica, they step out and they do something a little different, whether it's Lulu or fans just go, oh my God, what are you doing? That's horrible. Don't do that. Is that a sense that you've gotten being in Lamb of God that the fans expect just Lamb of God to be one thing and therefore maybe as an artist it becomes frustrating and limiting that you just sort of have to stay within those walls or do I just have it completely wrong? Well, no, not not for us. I mean, that may be true for some bands. Um, honestly, and I've said this before and I always worry that it's going to, oh, well, I'm not worried, but uh, you know, it occurs to me that it might come off the wrong way. Lamb of God has never, from the very beginning when no one had ever heard of us to now, when we are as, you know, I guess as well known as we've ever been, we have never once at all considered fan response in any sort of creative decision ever. Like we've never written a song for anybody else except the five people in the room, not for management, not for label, not for fans, not for media, not for anybody. It's when, when we like it, it's done. And, you know, the rest is up to everybody else. So in that sense, it's, it's really never influenced our process. Um, it's also that, that I guess approach has, you know, worked for us pretty well. So we've not been, uh, we've not found much reason to consider anything else because it's been working for us as, as individuals, as a group, as, as artists. And, you know, we've had a fair amount of success as well. So, um, for us, no, I, I don't think so. And as far as metal as a genre being limited, I don't know that it is. I mean, it's as limited as you let it be. 
the the fact of the matter is in Western music, there's only 12 notes, whether you're playing jazz or metal or country or folk or rock or whatever, you know, um, it's what you do with them. And it's what, you know, the, your combination of influences um, and your combination of reference points, uh, the, the, the way you assemble those and, and the way your taste of music, you reassemble and resynthesize to make your own style. That's what sets you apart, you know? By the way, I, I found that that answer interesting. So what you're saying then, at no point does Larry Mazur or, or the record company come to you and say, boy, you really need to jump on this new sound. And it, was that something that then caused problems with the record label or caused problems with management where they said, fuck, this band just doesn't want to work with us. What are we going to do with them? Or has it this independent sort of thinking just been the trademark and everybody just goes, let them do what they're doing. They know what they're doing. I love that you bring up Larry. Larry hasn't been our manager for, for years. About, oh God, seven or eight years. But, uh, but I it's love nice Larry. To hear it's, yeah, I love Larry too. I still talk to him on occasion. Him and I uh, became very close during the 10 years that he was managing the band. So shout out to Larry Mazur. Um, Plus he managed Kiss on their revenge tour. He you have did. To yeah. He managed a lot of, a lot of big bands. He's really the old school, like really like, like the, what you picture is like the old school rock and metal manager is Larry. Like he's, he's that cat. I love him. Um, so no, I mean the, the short answer to your question is just no. I mean, when we signed to Epic records in 2003, um, that was one of our concerns in moving from independent labels to a major that they were going to try and mold us or, or you know, cordon us off into one direction or, or help, you know, kind of shape us into something that they were hoping we would be. And our, our A&R person at the time kind of assured us and reassured us that um, they were signing us because they they liked what we did and they trusted our artistry and i've got to say that they have kept that word all along it's been uh almost uh, going on 17 years now that we've been on epic records i guess um and they have never asked us to change a song to clean up a chorus to take a you know uh put a certain guest on here to you know to take the double kicks out of that song none of it ever and um, I'm glad because it would be a real awkward situation if they would. We're, we're, we're Again, we have never made a single creative decision with anyone else in mind except the five of us that are in the room writing the song. Oh, that's the greatest. That's the greatest. Great freedom. Uh, so Ether, of course, is out now. Uh, you, you have done some touring. We'll do some more. Where do you go in 2020? We know that Lamb of God has been teasing some 2020 stuff on their socials. N no context given yet, but where where do we see you going in 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 the rest of the year? There's going to be a new album in 2020, and there's going to be extensive touring around it. Well, but I was also asking for you personally. So so you're going to tour, of course, with Lamb of God with a new album and stuff. But where are you going in terms? Of, do you do you get back and do? another solo album or, or what sort of your plans moving forward? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just finished um, a, a week long tour of the UK uh, as with the, it was an acoustic tour, a solo acoustic tour. So I had Mark Morales with me and um, a wonderful guitarist named Joe Harvitt was playing along with us as well. So we were a three piece doing acoustic shows in England and that was a blast. Um, great shows, great vibe, great audience. Um, 
really a cool way to kind of launch Ether. Um, in terms of what I will do, I'll be touring a lot with my God, as I said. Um, there's you know the whole campaign around the new Lamb God album, which obviously I'm going to be involved in in all of that. Um, as a solo artist, I'm really just kind of hoping to at some point squeeze in some more shows on the solo side and support Ether and continue supporting Anesthetic um, every chance I can get. Uh, I don't think there'll be any new material for me as a solo artist. I mean, we just dropped Ether last week, so hopefully that'll tide everybody over until I can get back into the studio with some solo stuff. But yeah, it's going to be a, a busy, busy 2020 for sure. It is. And and I'll just say, uh, Back from the Dead featuring Josh Todd on Anesthetic is is my absolute favorite. Um, in terms of, of tiding people over, though, when you do get back to it, do you want to sort of maintain an independent career and the Lamb of God career? Or was this sort of just filling in the spots until Lamb of God got, you know, were you just sort of at home, sort of trigger happy going, I got to put some stuff out? Or do you really want to say, no, 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 I'm going to have the Mark time and I'm going to have some Lamb time and I'm going to make this work? Yeah, no, I think, it, I think um, you know, Lamb of God is my priority, 100%. And when Lamb needs me, I'm there and I'm 100% focused and engaged in Lamb of God. That's, that's my band. Um, I helped start that band. Of, <laughs> it's, it's really, it's, it's my main priority musically, creatively. That said, uh, when I have a chance, when I have time, um, I work on other stuff. There are things that I do in the solo, on the solo side that just wouldn't fit in the context of Lamb of God. Um, and as an artist, as a songwriter, as a creative person, as a player, um, I still want to explore those things. I still want to keep myself interested. I still want to feel like I can engage those ideas and develop those ideas. Um, and doing the solo work gives me the opportunity to do all of that. So um, when there's time, I will work. I'll continue to work on it. Um, it's not an either-or thing. It's um, They just kind of happen simultaneously in and of themselves. The guys in Lamb are all super supportive of the stuff I've been doing. Everybody's got their own little creative outlets outside of the band, and, and I think it keeps us all in a really healthy, positive place when we come back and reconvene as Lamb of God to work on material for that. It's amazing, and I'll just say this. I first saw you open up for Anthrax at a place in Montreal called The Spectrum, which has long been uh, taken down and, and destroyed. It's amazing to see the career you had, because I remember the the publicist said, you've got to come early, you've got to see this Lamb of God band, they are going to be the next big thing, and here we are all these years later, it must be what, 18 years, 19 years, and, and it's amazing to see the career you've had, uh, but I do want to ask you about the, the last album, the covers album, Legion XX. Talk to me a little bit about that, if I can, just real quick. Why did you go back to the original Burn the Priest name? Why could you not stamp that Lamb of God? Well, we certainly could have. Um, we have long talked about, you know, there's always been this kind of, I guess, uh, it's not myth because it's true, but there's always been the story of the band before the band. You know, we were Burn the Priest and we did release an album and we did play festival shows and we did tour on the east coast um people did see the band they had bought the t-shirts there was a kind of a band before the band and for us it's even though you know we had a member change uh abe our original second guitar player left willie adler came in um willie was in burn the priest as well he came in before we changed the name so um it was always really for us the same group of guys the same project the same band we just changed the name um so 
we had talked for years about doing a cover album as Burn the Priest or doing writing a song and releasing it as Burn the Priest and that kind of thing, just to sort of keep that kind of legacy alive, um, keep that part of the story, uh, you know, part of the story. So what really happened was we talked about the cover thing and it just never seemed like the right time to do it. And we had a break in, it was just kind of meant to be, we had a break in the calendar where we had time to actually do it. And it was right or right there at the 20th anniversary of the Burn the Priest album that we put out independently. Um, so it was kind of a celebration of 20 years of Burn the Priest and an idea that we had had for quite some time. And it just so the, the universe lined up where we had the, the time and ability to do it right there at the 20th anniversary of the first, you know, the Burn the Priest album. So we, we jumped on that opportunity. Well, and it turned out great. And of course, uh, Ether is is available now. The album sounds great. And uh, Mark, just a, an absolute pleasure to, to talk to you today. And I, I will just finish on this. Uh, we touched upon it uh, briefly, but you did say there was a new Lamb of God in 2020. It's been five years since the since an album of, of original material. Any nerves going into it? Is is it is it exciting to get back sort of under the banner and play some new stuff? How do you approach it? Do you you say, okay, we have a sound and we got to get that sound, or is it? Do you try something new? Like, how do you sort of like five years later of new new material go? All right, what do we do? Oh, but then no, it's 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 so natural. It's so natural. I mean, if anything, that amount of time is it is more than we usually go between albums, which just means it's just more time to kind of collect resources for songs and you know, but I call them resources, the idea, you know resource material ideas for songs, riffs, ideas that have been documented in that time off by Willie or by myself. You know, we both come in with stacks of song ideas and start sifting through them. It's really a lot of fun. Um, you know, in terms of the, the relationship between the band members like and, and the energy, it's really honestly never been better. So it's just a great time to be in Lamb of God. Everyone's really positive and in healthy places in, in individually. Um, the communication is strong and we still just feel like we have more to do. And again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, there's no, it, our process is to write songs that the five people in the room think are cool. So there's not really a nerve wracking process because we do that once we've done that, then we're done. You know what I mean? So hopefully the the listeners and the fans out there agree that these songs are as, you know they think they're as cool as we think they are, but if they don't, you know that's cool. We still we still did what we always do, which is write the songs that we want to hear. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, this time we got a really 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 good batch of tunes that we're thrilled for everyone to hear. Oh, I can't wait! And uh, I will remind folks: uh, Mark Morton Ether is out now. And uh, if you check out anything, you got to check out the "She Talks to Angels" featuring uh, Lizzie Hale. It is uh, primo. It, it is like the, the best version I've ever heard. So, uh, Mark, on that, uh, merci beaucoup, as we say. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, cheers. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, and on Instagram, at Mitch underscore LaFon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.